This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown coming to you on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Tuesday, January the 17th, 2023. Coming up in the second hour of the show, TransLink is trying out some new accessible navigation in BC with a project using Navalens. Nelson Rago of Cool Blind Tech will tell you about it. And it's weekly news quiz time. Karen McGee and Alex Smythe will be competing alongside our friend Greg David, making his way onto the show for the first time in 2023. So looking forward to that. Before you get any of that, let's begin the hour with the regional news updates. The British Columbia government is creating a single hub for developers to get provincial approval to build homes. Jen Ford is the president of the Union of BC Municipalities. She explains how the current process is very cumbersome. A lot of municipal approval processes have to wait for provincial approval. And so it holds up that application. Ford adds that this decision is part of a bigger housing picture. I think they're being very systematic about addressing many aspects of the housing continuum, and that's great for us because it really shows that we are aligned with their priorities and with our priorities. At the end of the day, people in this province need housing, and we're all working together to get that achieved. Ford feels the new policy is a great opportunity for local governments to speed up their own approval process. Over to the prairies, City of Saskatoon administrators are recommending a dedicated tax levy for future citywide emergency snow responses. Staff say the roadway's emergency response plan was meant to be used in exceptional circumstances, but it's been used twice since November 2020 because of extreme snowfalls. Chief Financial Officer Clay Hack says a levy would not only repay the borrowing from the 2022 snow events, but would also put money in a reserve to fund future responses. Members of the City Council's Governments and Priorities Committee will discuss that proposal today. Over to Ontario, two people facing murder charges and last month's death of an Ontario provincial police officer are set to appear in court today. Karen Rebo has more. Haldimand OPP Constable Greg Pierschala was shot while responding to a call for a vehicle in a ditch west of Hagersville December 27th. The 28-year-old later died in hospital. Police have said Pierschala was ambushed and had no chance to defend himself. 25-year-old Randall McKenzie and 30-year-old Brandy Stewart Sperry each face a charge of first-degree murder in Pierschala's death and will be in court in Cayuga today for a bail hearing. Pierschala was the fifth Canadian police officer officer killed in the line of duty since September. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press. And finally, in the Atlantic provinces, Nova Scotia Premier Tim Houston and Health Minister Michelle Thompson are set to meet with leaders in the province's healthcare system today. The meeting is to include representatives from regulatory colleges, professional associations, educational institutions, unions, and service providers. It comes as pressure mounts to do something to address overcrowding and staff shortages in hospitals and emergency departments. That's your look at the regional news. Let's bring in Brock Richardson for a sports chat. Well, Brock, there's not too, too much to recap in the Dallas Cowboys-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game from last night because the Cowboys blew the doors off the Buccaneers. However, there's two storylines worth discussing. Why don't we begin with the Dallas Cowboys kicker, Brett Mahar, who missed four straight extra points and four of five total on the evening. Brock, your reaction to a kicker getting the yips in the playoffs. Okay, uh, the first two, I I sort of said to myself, all right, you know, you, you, you missed the first two, okay, it's all good. It was the last two that I was like, wow, there is something, like, severely wrong. And I understand that, like, we've, we've moved the, the, you know, 
kicking place back a little bit a number of years ago to to allow for this not to be so easy as it once was but man i mean that i mean he really struggled to the point that they on the broadcast they were discussing things like they're gonna have to look at possibly getting a new kicker if you know they move on like when you start having conversations like that on the uh broadcast you know this is a problem and then when history starts coming out being the first guy to miss you know four kicks in in nfl playoff history you know those are those are stats you don't want to be a part of but man i've never seen anything like that and it's pretty crazy it's been happening a lot late in the season. Even the Cincinnati Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, who was on fire on Fuego last year in the playoffs, has been missing a bunch of extra points. There's something going on in these moments of pressure that are hitting them at the wrong time. But if you're missing four and five, the team may have to consider looking at bringing in a new kicker this week. I'm not sure which broadcast you watched last night, but the Manning cast, the ESPN uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning simulcast, Peyton, Peyton said when he missed the third one, can you cut a kicker at halftime? And he seemed pretty, he had to pace around the room. It was a, a pretty funny moment. I like that Manning cast with uh, Peyton and Eli. Funny, funny times. But that, that's a yeah. big concern. Big concern for the Cowboys going into a real game against a real team next week. I watched the one with uh, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman um on that one uh they were they were doing the broadcast the one i was watching and and it just it it seemed to me like it was like what is everyone was just so puzzled and and, yeah you know i i was puzzled and i I mean i understand and i'm here for it you know the pressure of big games and you know whatever it's 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 fine and and that's all good but man missing you know though that many kicks can can be the difference in a game and luckily Tom Brady and the Bucks couldn't get anything going and it was over without those points but you're not going to get away with that uh, Brock, next week you mentioned the name Tom Brady we'll have lots of time to to dissect this over the course of the next few months but Tom Brady does not oftentimes lose playoff games in humiliating fashion. And last night was a humiliation. You have to go back to perhaps the Denver Broncos New England Patriots game in January of 2014 as the last time Brady was truly humiliated in a playoff game. Brock, what do we do with Tom Brady? He's a free agent this summer, but he's also 46 years old. What do you anticipate his next move will be? This is a conversation that we keep having year after year when he signs these one year deal, what happens with Tom Brady? And and my answer right away is he's gotta go to the broadcast booth. He's gotta do something outside of of football. The guy is forty six years old. Father time has to hit people at, at some point. And I and I really think that we're reaching that point uh for, for Brady. I, I would hope that he goes and does something outside of of uh, football because my concern Dave is you run the risk as Tom Brady as to even though you're the greatest of all time and there's zero doubt in that but you run the risk of just not looking as polished as you have for years and years and so how, how much do you want to you know beat the same the same horse if you will over and over again when it's just not going well for you but Tom Brady surprised me before. My hope is that we don't see him play football. And when he actually says I'm retiring, he actually means it. And it's not a, you know, three months ordeal. And then we're back on the field. He had a disappointing year by Tom Brady standards, but he did finish in the top 10 in the league in passing yards. He finished in the top 10 in the league in passing touchdowns. Tom Brady still has it. Like there, there still is a football player in there that is a top 10 quarterback in the league, which is staggering, but it goes to show you one, the NFL is a quarterback problem. There's not enough good ones. And there are teams that may consider themselves to be a Super Bowl contender with a Tom Brady upgrade at the quarterback position. I suspect that he is done in Tampa Bay. I would not rule out the possibility of him going to Miami, depending on Tua Tungavailoa's concussion issues. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of him going back to New England. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of him going to Las Vegas to play with his old offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. 
I think Tom Brady's coming back for one more. I, I think that the year started poorly as he was going through the very public divorce. He seems to have buttoned things up a little bit as the year went along. I think we'll get Tom Brady back for uh, for one more year. Let's as a, as a Dolphins fan, just quickly, how you know I was going to ask you just as you brought it up. With this being rumored, how would you feel? Are you good with this? I mean, who knows what Tua Tonga Viola is going to be. You're right. But are you good with the 46-year-old quarterback uh, in charge? I I am very concerned about the long-term health of Tua Tonga Viola, considering the concussion issues that he's had. Three in three months is too many. Uh, I would consider even shutting him down for an entire year next year while you bring in a Brady Bridge year. That would be that would be my solution. And uh, frankly, Brock, Tom Brady terrorized me for about 20 years as a quarterback of the New England Patriots. So why can't he give me one year of joy? Uh, Brock, yeah, let's exactly. let's move on to a different quarterback. This this story broke on Sunday in the midst of the NFL games, but Canadian quarterback and BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke has signed a deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars to potentially back up Trevor Lawrence or at least compete for the backup position on that team heading into next year. Brock, your reaction to Nathan York uh, making the somewhat predictive uh, move towards the NFL? Uh, this is good uh, for the NFL. I think that he is a uh, great talent. He obviously had some injuries this year with uh, the BC Lions or an injury that took him out for a significant chunk of time. The other part of me, Dave, looks at this and says the CFL will will lose a good talent because I think that was sort of helping the CFL in the storyline of Nathan Rourke. Uh, but this is good for, for the um, NFL and the Jaguars really could have themselves a really nice uh, backup quarterback if all things work out. I like the signing. I think he fits well there. Yeah, I'm going to quibble with you and say it's not going to make a wave at all in the NFL. It's really kind of a meaningless signing by NFL standards. And it's a devastating loss to the CFL and the BC Lions. This is a perfect example of where perhaps they should have found a way to roll out the Brinks truck for Nathan Rourke to say, listen, we know you want to chase your NFL dream, but how do you feel about making a million dollars a year and being the starting quarterback of the BC Lions for the next decade or so and being perhaps the biggest star in the Canadian Football League? This is a devastating loss for the BC Lions and one that will barely make a ripple in the NFL. It's actually, it's, it's really too bad. This was one of the best stories in the CFL last year. And listen, good for him for chasing the dream. If you look at backup quarterbacks in the NFL, like the Blaine Gabberts of the world who have career earnings of like $50 million being a backup, I get it. But for this, for the sake of the CFL, this, this is too bad. I'm, I'm bummed I just, out by it. I don't want him to, as an athlete who has, you know, been brought into places to be a, and in this case, this is not the case here. Don't, don't mince my words, but in, in a place where you, your sole role is to be on the bench. I, I just hope that he doesn't look back and realize in a year or two or three, look, I could have already had, you know, two or three championships with the BC lions. That's the thing. And sometimes that dream in the, in the foreground is the thing that, really makes our eyes wide and go, yeah, but I could be in the NFL. But but my response to that, like yours, is doing what? Dude, you know, how many games are you going to play comparative to the CFL? Yes, I think it's good. You could have a, a backup quarterback that's proven in the CFL, which to the NFL means nothing, really, in the, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, chase your dream. Go get it, sure. But I just hope that in two, three years' time, we're not talking about, you know, Rourke, telling us that he in a professional way regrets his decision because nobody yeah. wants to see that it, it's also very possible he does not even crack the 53-man roster next year and he's back in british columbia by you know september or october so it, it, it's very conceivable that he gets beaten out by some fifth round draft pick and gets to come back to canada and gets to be a star and it's all sort of forgotten so we're wishing nathan, i'm certainly wishing nathan work well i just feel bummed for the cfl brock let's get to one more element here yesterday was martin luther king day in the United States, which meant there were afternoon basketball and hockey games all over the sports calendar. And it got you thinking about the merit of afternoon sports during the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I Monday happens to be uh, my busiest scheduled day on, on the calendar that is my AMI work life. And so 
for me, this is what started it. It's like, yeah, this is good. You know, there's a bunch of games, but none of which I could really catch in, <laughs> in real time. And and so I started thinking, yeah, I like matinee games, but I like them when I can selfishly watch them. And it's like, I couldn't because I was, you know, doing Kelly and Rummy, which I love doing and the neutral zone, of course. But it's just afternoon games has to be put in a place where it's like we can all watch it. And I get that yesterday was an American holiday and most of the Americans were off. That's cool and all that's well and good. But for me personally, selfishly, I'm like, eh, yesterday was kind of a, a bum day uh, to, to have afternoon games on. Yeah, you're someone who uh, works slightly different hours than I do. As someone who tends to work pretty steadily from about 6.37 in the morning till about 1 or 2, I love me some afternoon sports. Mm -hmm. During the baseball season, Wednesdays and Thursdays, you get all those like noon first pitches or 2 o'clock first pitches. Brock, I adore weekday afternoon games. So count me in as someone who loves it, whether it's a holiday or whether it's just regular old schedule. I think there should be way more games that start at 3 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock uh, during the course of the week, regardless of holidays or whatnot. Hey, Brock, speaking of that busy work schedule, you are the host of The Neutral Zone. What's coming up Tuesday today, 11 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio? We have a uh, five-time Paralympic athlete in the sport of wheelchair basketball, Patrick Anderson, uh, joining us for a wonderful conversation. Plus, we also have uh, Mario DeLille, who's part of the High Performance uh, Director of Bocce Canada. We revisited a conversation we had on site somewhere uh, at the National Championships, which didn't work for technical purposes. And so we redid it. We, we, we redid it, as I say this in English, in the proper form. So lots of good stuff coming up today on The Neutral Zone. Right on, Brock. Thank you for this. Have a great day. You as well. That is Brock Richardson, the host of The Neutral Zone, which you can find Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio. You can also find it on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting platform. You can find Alex Smythe at the AMI Weather Desk. Here is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. We're starting out in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, where they're still dealing with some wet weather. There's showers off and on today. Wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour and a high of 9 degrees. In Charlottetown, PEI, it's rained throughout the day as well with 4 millimeters set to fall. Wind gusts up to 60 kilometers per hour and a high of 6 degrees. In St. John, New Brunswick, it's cloudy with rain expected later and up to 2 millimeters falling. The high, 2 degrees. In Quebec City, Quebec, it's mainly cloudy, minus 6 is the high and the wind chill makes it feel like minus 13. Here in Toronto, Ontario, there's rain off and on today with the chance of freezing rain in the morning. The high is four degrees. To Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, it's periods of rain or possibly snow depending on how the weather turns and the high is one degree. To Brandon, Manitoba, there's clouds rolling in in the morning with the chance of rain or snow. The high is minus 11, feeling like minus 21. In Regina, Saskatchewan, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of light snow or freezing rain. The high is minus 8 and the wind chill minus 16. In Lethbridge, Alberta, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of light snow this morning, then clearing up in the afternoon. There is heavy fog in the area, so a fog advisory is in effect. The high is 1 degrees, but feeling like minus 9 with the wind chill. In Red Deer, Alberta, it's a mix of sun and clouds with a chance of light snow or freezing rain. There is the heavy fog in the area as well, so the fog advisory is also in effect. The high is 4 degrees, feeling like minus 13. Up in Whitehorse, Yukon, it's cloudy with the uh, light snow off and on today. The high is minus 7, and it's feeling like minus 17. To Kelowna, BC, it's a beautiful day. It's mainly sunny and a high of 4 degrees. And finally in Vancouver, BC, it's cloudy with a chance of rain and the high is eight degrees for today. And that is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up next, TransLink in British Columbia is trying out an accessible navigation project using NaviLens. Nelson Rego of Cool Blind Tech will explain. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. A pilot project in British Columbia aims to make commuting more accessible for people from the blind and low vision community. Nelson Rago has some details on this project. Nelson is the founder of Cool Blind Tech. Hey, good morning, Nelson. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. How's it going, Dave? Not too shabby. So, this is going on with the cities of Vancouver and New Westminster as part of TransLink's Accessible Navigation Project, and they're utilizing the NavaLens app. Nelson, you've talked about the NavaLens app in this segment before, but what's the reminder? How does this technology work? Yeah, we talked about it uh, a couple of years ago, I think, uh, when it first launched in Spain. Um, so basically, uh, it works off uh, like sort of QR codes, if uh, people are familiar with that. Um, in this case, it'll, it'll have uh, printed decals uh, throughout uh, uh, TransLink's uh, bus services and uh, transit services. And um, so you simply uh, launch the app and then point it to, in the general direction of where these decals are. And um, it goes up to, I think, uh, 14 meters or 45 feet. Um, and, and you could be moving around as well. And, and it doesn't affect, um, uh, the lighting doesn't affect it at all. So, um I guess depending on where they put it, as long as it's not too much of a crowded area, uh, it, it it picks up pretty well uh, as far as uh, picking up the the information, and then it gives you real real time alerts as well. It'll give you amenities such like um, where's the elevator nearby. Uh, it'll give you the bus stops, uh, and it'll do it on audio format, and it'll, it'll also also give you uh, uh, points of pickup as well. So if you have a ride uh, that's picking up, uh, it'll give you that info as well uh, while using the app. Where else has this NavaLens system been utilized in public transit? Yeah, so we, we talked about a little bit before. So it originally launched in in Spain, in Madrid, um, and then it caught over onto uh, our side, and and now it's uh, it's it's now in Liverpool, uh, it's in New York. So Vancouver is one of the uh, the first uh, adopters of this uh, uh, technology. So it's it's uh, it's been utilized before, and it uh, seems to be pretty reliable. Uh, and it's really a, kind of a cost-effective way of doing it because you're you're not constantly, um, you know, having all these uh, <laughs> Braille uh, put up everywhere where, you know, so, some people admittedly don't know Braille. So in this case, you're just sort of launching the app and using uh, the audio uh, feedback on it. So um, I haven't tried it myself because uh, I haven't been in those cities yet. Uh, but next time I go to Vancouver, I'll definitely uh, test it out. What did TransLink have to say about consultation in terms of getting input on the project? Yeah, they they um, they they went uh, pretty deep with this. So back in 2018, they they did a survey, and uh, as a result, they, they collaborated with the CNIB, uh, the Alliance for Equality for uh, Blind Canadians, uh, Canadian Council of the Blind, uh, their own advisory committee. Um, and, and Vision Loss Rehabilitation Services of Canada. So they, they're they pretty extensive in, in uh, seeing how this app works. Uh, so it's it's definitely uh, uh, not a shortage of people to uh, collaborate with. Mm. How does this fit into the bigger picture of other projects that, that have been approved to help customers get around? Yeah, well, we talked about uh, uh, Braille bus stops before. Uh, so um, last year they, they adopted, uh, I think, 8,400 uh uh, Braille at the bus stops throughout the uh, Vancouver area. Uh, so they adopted that. Uh, they have uh, tactile walking services, uh, services, sorry, and uh, also uh, tactile signage. Uh, so they, they've adopted those projects as well uh, throughout the uh, TransLink. So it's it's you know it's pretty uh, it's a pretty good way of doing it because uh, uh, I think Japan originally was doing the tactile services uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's good to see uh, Vancouver uh, doing some of this as well. When does this pilot project launch? Uh, they're they're expecting it to launch uh, late February. Um, you can download the app on the uh, the Apple uh, Apple Store and, and also the Google Play Store. Uh, so that's uh, pretty cool there. So it, and, and last time I checked, I think the app is actually in the App Store right now. Uh, yeah, I have it on my phone. Uh, it's hard to tell because my phone is, uh, I switched to US and Canada and different countries. So it, it's hard to tell uh, which country my app is coming from. Nelson but, just uh, portioning away here, doing all kinds of VPN stuff on his phone. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but Nelson. yeah, 
Yeah, it's on my phone and it's pretty accessible. It's that off the grid. It's that off the grid Nelson Rego. Very deeply <laughs> entrenched in technology, but also off the grid. Nelson, you've got a tech tip here. You want to give people the advice or the explainer on how to get Siri to read text messages on an iPhone. Yeah, this this is good in some uh, user cases. I, I've had this before. Sometimes I take it off because I'll I'll, I'll be doing something and it. Uh, so it's it's you got to be careful when you're setting this up. Uh, uh, if you're not doing a lot on your phone as you're using your phone and you're doing it more for like incoming uh, sort of stuff, uh, then this can be pretty uh, useful uh, hands off. Uh, it only works with certain uh, uh, Bluetooth, uh, and obviously it's Apple <laughs> Apple products they want to, for this to work for. Uh, so if you have the AirPods uh, second gen, third uh, gen, uh, if you have the AirPods Pro, if you have the uh, the, the Beats Solo Pro, and then the uh, Power Beats, uh, if you have any of those, uh, this uh, feature will work. And basically, if, say for example, if you're getting a text message, you'll uh, you'll automatically uh, have it read to you through Siri. And then uh, without even prompting you, uh, you can actually reply uh, to it uh, as it finishes the message. So it can be pretty good in some user case uh, scenarios. Um, it is a little bit buggy because uh, in my case, I have on my, on my beta phone. Uh, so you may have to unpair your Bluetooth and then repair it. And in that process, it'll give you a pop-up uh, to announce notifications and then if you want to manually do it, uh, you go into settings and then notifications. And then under Siri, uh, you can just uh, toggle on the switch for announced notifications. And it should work uh, if you have those uh, uh, Bluetooth earbuds. Very good. Nelson, thank you for this. Great. Thanks, Dave. That is Nelson Rego, the founder of Cool Blind Tech. Coming up after the break, Alex Smythe. He's got some ideas about how you can uh, get in touch with the vindictive side of romance ahead of Valentine's Day. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. back it's now with dave brown on ami alex Smythe is about to conduct the round table alongside ami audio producer nazreen abdel majid and the co-host of kelly and ramya ramya amuthan so before we welcome them in let's hand things over to alex who has an idea ahead of valentine's day yeah dave so as you mentioned valentine's day like i it, it creeping up very quickly it's less than a month away already and well, it's a great time to, you know, show love and affection to those you care about. But what happens when, you know, there's those who have left a, a bit of a, a, a sour taste in your mouth, you're, you're not feeling the love with them? Well, there's good news from for you from the Toronto Zoo. The Wildlife Conserva uh, Conservancy's Name a Roach program will let you name your very own cockroach after anyone that you feel like naming a cockroach after this Valentine's Day. So the website states, roaches are red, violets are blue. Is there someone in your life that's bugging you? Give them goosebumps this Valentine's Day by naming a cockroach in their honor. So first off, I, I read this and thought, this is amazing. Like, I, I, I love the idea and I, I really want to get everybody else's perspective. So uh, Nisreen, I'll start with you. So what do you think of this idea? And would you name a cockroach after uh, somebody in your life? Absolutely, I would. I told Ramya yesterday, I saw this on Instagram. And I was like, that's a great idea. I would love to have that. But uh, question, so you just name it and do you get a certificate out of it? Like, how how does it work? Yeah, so apparently uh, you, you give a donation, I believe it's $25 of a donation, you'll get a full certificate, you'll get an email, you nice. get all the information that you've, you've uh, named the cockroach after the, the person that you've chosen. Love it, love oh, so, it. I I definitely would. So it's like sponsor. <laughs> it's like sponsoring a kid in a third world country. You get regular updates and photographs of uh, of the kid that you sponsored. Um, I don't want to be like Mister Coldwater on this because I think it's a nice idea to raise funds for an organization that does good work. A lot of zoos have done stuff like this. As Zoo Miami does it as well. In a lot of cases, these zoos are public services and they do really important conservation work. So I try not to poo poo the fundraising too much. But it 
feels like there's just like maybe a little bit too much approved toxicity in breakups. Like it's one thing for Taylor Swift to go write some jilted love songs, but maybe like like naming your exes after insects that like you might want to stomp on or kill just kind of gives me that that feeling of like this is toxicity we don't necessarily want to lean into as society we need to work on moving on and forgiving ourselves and forgiving others but Ramya what do you think you know I I don't think of someone specific when I think that I might use this uh I wanted to say service but you know what I mean like name someone after a cockroach but I do think that if you don't think of it so um, literally, you might be interested in the closure that it gives you. So, you know, maybe not present the certificate to your ex and say, see, now you're a roach. But if you were kind of like, hey, I want to support this cause, it's kind of a fun idea. Uh, And then also, I was really you know, considering the way that they worded it with that poem, and it, it doesn't seem so harsh or extreme just like someone who's bugging you um and and so maybe it's just a time a a way to do closure yeah that could be healthy maybe maybe just the expression cockroach or like the choice of cockroach itself uh is is what leads me to that because no guys i know i know alex is picking like this really like fun subject and i'm going all heavy on you historically with genocides oftentimes one of the things that people who are end up being the victims of genocides are are referred to as cockroaches that's one of like the key forms mm-hmm. of terminology so again I, I i know i'm throwing cold water on this maybe like too influenced by uh the world of geopolitics and recent history but it really like it, there's something about it that does rub me the wrong way alex you you presented it what do you think yeah i i i look at this as a a fun light thing to do and and uh, I, I think Ramya kind of hinted at it. it doesn't necessarily have to be truly negative. Like I would also think of it if there's someone in your life that maybe who's really into insects or bugs or things like that, this could be like a fun little date thing. So it could be on the positive side as well. You know, if you're uh, someone who's really uh, a fan of the zoo and animals, then maybe, you know, naming the cockroach, maybe they might find it endearing or cute, maybe not as uh, creepy crawly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get your, your point on some level, Dave, but I, 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 in my mind, I don't view it quite to, to that extent. I view it as this is something a bit lighter, a bit fun. And the, the focus too, it's, it's raising money for the zoo, as you say, and and I, I always want to support the, the Toronto Zoo and, and, uh, because they do a lot of great work and, and conservation and everything like that. So it's a, a, a different, unique way of fundraising. Where I agree with you is this is very unique, right? It's it's a way in which you can get some attention and raise money in a unique way. I think about Movember. I think about the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, there's one that you mentioned here, Alex, in some notes about... Uh, Shred Yours, which Hooters did a couple years ago, where waitresses would rip up a picture of your ex uh, while you went to a Hooters. You know, go figure. I think I know why you maybe you have an ex if you were spending a lot of time at Hooters. Um, not that I'm judging or anything. But uh, Nizreen, what do you think about the idea of generally when someone's talking about a fundraising campaign, making sure they're going a little bit off the box and out of the box and doing something a little more memorable? I think it's great. I think it's creative and... Um... As Remia and Alex put it, it could be a fun way to do something just to encourage you to donate. So it's about um, the motivation and encouraging overall. I mean, this could be a fun way. I would name a cockroach after my sister, like no problem. <laughs> like I will say it's her face. It doesn't have to be an ex. Nazarene, she drives you around everywhere. Is this wise? Is this a good idea? She still bugs me though. Okay. You know, like so it's uh we have a love-hate relationship, mainly love, but, you know, she she bugs me regardless. It's your sibling. So it could be a fun way of naming a bug after your sibling or your friend. Um, so it doesn't have to be so harsh and being like, okay, like I, I hate my ex so much. Let's name him after a cockroach, you know? Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it could be encouraging for people to donate and do more and be part of that community. So I don't see it as a bad thing. Romeo, what do you make of these more creative campaigns, whether it's the Ice Bucket Challenge, uh, Shave to Raise, Movember? Take your pick. What, what do you make of some of these more creative campaigns when it comes to fundraising? 
I do love them because I think that it brings you into um, context and research and learnings that you may not have even known about, right? Like Movember is a great one. So many people seem so into it um, and people around them, but that forces you, I guess encourages a better word, but encourages you to say, okay, what is behind all this? And are we doing the deeper thing? Like talking about the mental health, talking about the diseases, um, actually tackling the stigma, which is great, right? Um, I do think though, Dave, you have really valid points about the terminology that's used even if we all lean towards the it's fun it's unique it's awesome uh and it doesn't have to be so serious i think that people are they're better off if they learn about what they're putting out there and then say could this be triggering could this be actually not so effective because of dot 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 the mention of the, the things that you mentioned like why or what context roaches were used in in the past right um but the mental health aspects i really um can appreciate as well talking yeah. about it well i don't know if you guys remember uh, a couple years ago back in 2019 uh the olden times the golden times uh when the bird box challenge was the big popular thing right and people were, were blindfolding themselves and like pretending to be blind and filming that themselves and it was terrible yeah. but the fact is major organizations of like who represented the blind community had previously done stuff like that as marketing campaigns right yep. so oftentimes the context matters as much as the activity Agreed. Yeah. Alex, uh, you get last word on this. When you think about off, off the grid, off the board, out of the box fundraising campaigns, where do you stand on them? Yeah, I'm all in favor for them because otherwise, I mean, if they didn't do this uh, kind of anti-Valentine's Day or, or adopt a bug uh, program, we wouldn't be talking about a fundraiser that the Toronto Zoo is doing. It's the same thing, you know, probably with Movember and, and these other ones. So it's a way to generate buzz, uh, uh, pardon the pun for uh, for the insect uh, puns, but uh, it, it gets people talking, it gets us talking about it, and it spreads the word in a very uh, organic and, and natural way that people are interested, in this becomes a discussion point, and, and people can share their views and opinions on it. And with the context of Valentine's Day, you get hit over the head like every single year with all these commercials, all this advertising. Mm. You know, if you're going through a breakup, you, you want a bit of catharsis, this is a, a way to go about it. No, the way to do it is do it like I do it. Eat peanut butter by yourself with a spoon out of the jar. That's how you celebrate Valentine's Day. Alex, we'll talk to you in the next segment for the news panel. Nazreen, you have yourself a lovely day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ramya, we can't say goodbye to you just yet because you are the co-host of Kelly and Ramya, which comes our way 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio and AMI-T. TV. What do you guys have on deck for the show today? Hey, Dave, before that, I wanted to ask you, if you're eating peanut butter for the protein, you might not be doing yourself a great job. If you're doing it for the healthy fats, I commend you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did, did you learn that from Julia Carantius? Yeah, no, not yet, but she is coming on the show. I have to validate this with her as well. Confirm. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So nutritionist Julia Carantes, as you said, is coming on today. She's talking about smoothies, one of the best oh, yeah. uh, ways to use mm. a protein peanut butter right so good and she's going to talk about the right balance of the ingredients you put into smoothies also we're talking about the ccb android accessibility uh, group that they have on monthly it's really really popular and we're going to talk more about it with tony Freinmark, our community reporter in medicine hat ontario or ontario alberta and young wang is joining us to talk a little bit more about chinese new year the significance for her personally mm -hmm. and for the asian community around it yeah lunar new year coming up uh, this week i believe i believe it's friday lunar mm -hmm. new year hits which is uh, really exciting for those who are celebrating and it means lots of fun light around uh, the city of toronto as well ramya thank you for this have a great day i look forward to the smoothie chat with julie and we'll talk to you tomorrow talk to you tomorrow that is ramya and the co-host of kelly and company not kelly and company kelly and ramya get it right dave two dollar fine which comes your way 2 p.m eastern time on ami audio and ami tv coming up after the break it's the weekly news quiz Karen McGee and Alex Smith. Alex, oh man, I am getting $2 fines all over the place. Karen McGee and Alex Smythe will be here alongside our special guest contestant, Greg David. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. back it's now with dave brown on ami tv it's tuesday it's the last segment of the show you know what that means it's time for the weekly news quiz Bow. 
That's right, I can be my own musician and do my own theme music. Let's welcome in the contestants for this week. First and foremost, our returning champion, Karen McGee. Dave, I love you, but don't give up your day job. I cannot give up my day job. I will be homeless very fast. Let's also welcome in Alex Smythe. Alex, are you ready for the quiz? I guess so. I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> and very special spot here for the first time in 2023. Greg David is joining the show, trying to represent the marketing and communications department, looking for some revenge after Janice Davidson Presick's loss last week. I'll just be happy if I get one point. Looking for one point. We are all about manageable goals here on this show. Well done. Okay, here's a quick rundown of the rules in case this is your first time. There are three rounds of questions and three questions per round. Each question comes with three multiple choice options. If you answer the question without hearing the options, you get two points. If you need to hear the options and get it right, you get one point. If you get it wrong, we move on until the point is awarded. The order of contestants and questions were drawn up by Paul Daniel. The order will be Alex Smythe, Karen McGee, and Greg David. So question number one of round number one goes to Alex. Alex, which rapper issued a cease and desist order to Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene for using his music in her video about the election of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Dr. Dre, because she forgot about Dre. Dr. Dre said, nothing, you idiot, because he's locked in my basement. That is correct. Dr. Dre said, I, issue, I issued a statement saying I don't license my music to politicians, especially someone as divisive and hateful as this one. So two points for Alex early in the game, putting the pressure on Karen McGee. Karen, this question's coming to you. Last week, Brendan Presley, a distant cousin of Elvis Presley, announced he's running for governor in which U.S. state? Ooh, I'll take the choices, please. Was it Alabama? Was it Mississippi or was it West Virginia? I'm going to say West Virginia. That is incorrect. Greg David. Uh, well, can you give me those choices again? You are left with Alabama or Mississippi. Okay, let's go with Alabama. That is also incorrect. A default point going to Alex Smythe. Presley, who is 45 years old, is currently in his fourth term as Mississippi's utilities regulator. And you know, they have lots of clean water all over Mississippi. No water issues at all. Let's go to question number three of round number one, going to Greg. Greg, for the second straight year, Canada's national women's under-18 hockey team has won the gold medal at the World Championships, and they won it on Sunday with a 10-0 victory. Who was the opponent? <sighs> You're going to have to give me the the uh, the choices. Was it Finland? Was it Sweden? Or was it Czechia? Oh, let's go with Finland. That is incorrect. <laughs> Alex, Alex Smythe. It was Sweden, Dave. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they uh, won that game 10-0. Very, very impressive. And another gold medal for uh, that squad. So after the first round, Alex Smythe out to a commanding 4-0-0 to zero to zero lead. But we can turn things around. Lots of time left here as we enter round number two with question number one going to Karen. Karen, this is a good CNN question. You should get this one. Which former member of the Trump administration was sworn in last week as the youngest governor in the country? Oh, oh, what's her name? I can see her face. Um, she was his press secretary... Oh, I'm going to need the names. I blocked everything about that out of my life, Dave. Karen, was it Hope Hicks, Mick Mulvaney, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That is correct. Sanders is 40 years face. old and the new governor of Arkansas, or Arkansas, as it's written. <laughs> <laughs> one point for Karen. So 4-1-0. And Greg, you have a chance to get on the board here as well with question number two of round number two. Noma often called the world's best restaurant, announced it would close for regular service at the end of next year. Where is Noma located? Uh, I believe it's Copenhagen. That is correct. <sighs> Two points for Greg David, popping onto the board since opening 20 years ago. Noma, which currently serves things like grilled reindeer on a grilled reindeer heart on a bed of fresh pine and saffron ice cream has transformed into fine dining. 
Mm. Uh, I, I would have figured that would have been fine downing right from the starts, but that's that's <laughs> fine. Okay, let's get to question number three of round number two. We have Alex with four points, Greg with two, Karen with one. Alex, you have a chance for a big lead here, and it's a sports question. Last week, Perfect. Miami Heat center Dwayne Dedman was ejected from a game after he threw this object on the floor in the middle of play. What was the object? Oh, I don't know. I'll need the options, Dave. Was it a towel? Was it a cell phone? Or was it a massage gun? I'm going to say a massage gun because it just sounds so weird. That is correct. With yeah. 9.25 remaining in the second quarter, following the timeout, Deadman was removed from the game, and uh, he tossed that Theragun right there onto the floor. So after two rounds of play, we have Alex with five points, Greg with two, Karen with one. Still lots of points to be distributed here. Nobody's out of this game. But the first question of round number three goes to Greg. Greg, which country's new prime minister, oh gosh, Paul, you're making me pronounce this, Pushpal Kamadelhal won a formal vote of approval in parliament? Oh, I should know this, but I I'm going to have to go with the uh, choices, please. <laughs> Was it Nepal, Bhutan, or Sri Lanka? Let's go with Nepal. That is correct. He previously held the prime ministerial post from 2008 to 2009, and again from 2016 to 2017. So, Greg, up to three points, putting the pressure on Alex here. Alex, only a two-point cushion here. Alex, according to a new study, which Asian country now produces more high-quality scientific papers than any other nation? Interesting. Um, hmm. This is the question. Do I do I play the game and try to get the option so Karen can't get two points, or do I go for just a a, a single point or try to go for it all? I'm going to say China. That is correct. The mm. study measured the share of each nation's research among most cited journal articles. China's rise is the result of decades of government investment. And I suppose when you have two billion people, you can publish more papers. Uh, let's go. Oh, so it's Alex at seven points. Pretty much an unsurmountable lead at this point. But let's ask the third question of the third round to Karen McGee anyway. Karen, last week, British Airwaves unveiled its first uniform redesign in 20 years, relaxing its rules on appearance. What part of the uniform was changed? I don't know. I will take the choices. Was it the hat? Was it the jumpsuit? Or was it the earrings? Oh, I'm going to say the hat. That is incorrect. Greg David, an opportunity for a point for you here. Uh, how about earrings? That is also incorrect. Oh. So Alex Smythe oh. gets to pad his lead ever <laughs> even further. The change was originally just for female check-in staff, but later intended for cabin crew. The UK's flag carrier airline offered its 30,000 workers a choice of jump shoots, hijabs, three-piece suits, and tunics. Uh, BA, British Airwaves, is following the Virgin Atlantic in allowing male pilots to wear skirts, having already said they can use cosmetics. We have uh, some time on the board here, so why don't we do the tie-breaking question before we announce the winner, and you guys can just uh, yell out at me uh, whenever you think you have the answer. Rock guitar legend Jeff Beck died last week at the age of 78. He was a member of which 1960s rock band? Come on, Karen. I was letting the guys get it. Your options are the birds. The birds. There you go, Greg David doing a solid job finishing up that second place finish. Beck was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Yardbirds in 1992 and as a solo artist in 2009. With that, the winner of today's news quiz is... Bum, 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 bum. Alex Smythe with the big win. Alex, well done. You have time for an acceptance speech if you want to right here. Well, thank you, Dave. You know, I, I really, truly uh, want to thank Paul for, for the great questions. <laughs> My esteemed uh, competitors, uh, uh, Karen, uh, this is, I know this is a new so feeling for you, Karen. This is a new feeling, not being in the winner's circle. Hopefully this becomes a bit more common as the days go, uh, days go on. Greg, thank you so much for, for stepping up and uh, joining us. It's fun to have 
someone else to try to uh, take down Karen as well. No problem. I, I guess the e-transfer to Bruce didn't go through in time to get those answers, so I'll have to work on that for the next time. You know, you should try me directly. The script does right. come to me, and I'm and I'm very influ I'm very influenceable. I've I've got bougie taste. I've got a I've got a caviar a caviar uh, taste on a, a shrimp budget over here. Uh, Greg, this I think was one of your first times, certainly in the now with Dave Brown existence of popping on the quiz. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy yourself? I did, yeah. I just always want to come on and just not embarrass myself in these things. So I'm just glad that I got three points. Uh, and that was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. All joking aside, I love working with Karen and obviously Alex as well. So happy to be here. Karen, it's rare that we find you landing in the third place spot. Are you going to be okay? Do we need to send some pizza to your place or some other carbohydrates? I think I'm going to take a couple weeks off and see what I've done and just think about what I've done here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to take a few weeks off. We need you. We I, need I your... actually am taking a couple weeks off. Oh, okay. Well, in which case, you're allowed to have a couple. What are you doing with a couple weeks off? You doing something fun? I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Okay. Are you going to Disney? Yeah. <laughs> when When was the last time you went to Disney? Um, last time I went was August of 2019, and I was supposed to go for my 50th birthday in September of 2020. And this is finally that trip. Wow. We've, we've, half years later. We finally get to have your 50th birthday party. That's exciting. Uh, are you going to yes. like, are you going to like run a race this time? Cause last time you went to Disney, you like ran a star Wars race. There's no races going on at this time that I will be part of. We're actually staying for quite a few days and we're going to stay at animal kingdom lodge which oh. has zebras and giraffes right outside your window. Um, my husband can't move as fast as he used to, so he'll sit on the balcony watching the animals while I go to the parks. It sounds like you guys have this thing all planned out. Well, Karen, safe travels. I hope it goes really, really well, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks in that case. I will look forward to it, Dave. We'll get a full report on that one. And Greg, thank you for making time for us today, and I know we're talking to you on Friday for your regular scheduled segments. Yep, thanks so much for having me today. I'll talk to you Friday. And Alex Smythe, we once again congratulate you on your big win. Thanks for all the help on the show today. Yeah, no, thank you, Dave. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you enjoy your vacation there, Karen. That's all the time we have for the show today. Don't worry, we're back again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. All kinds of fun stuff coming your way. Arno Kopecki, environmental journalist, will be here talking about the Biodiversity Conference in Montreal and the great debate as to whether or not we need houses or green space. <laughs> be here at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.